Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I said what you know about it. It's the stupid baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stupid baby. And the room a lot. Hello, hello. Oh, that's too loud. I'm going to turn it down. Hello, hello. Let's hello, try this hello. again. Let's try this again. Yes, do we talk louder? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. You're listening to The Stew. My name is Jason Stewart. This is my feed podcast. <laughs> say hello, Chris Stewart, my brother. Hello, brother. Andre Conaparo, say hello. Hello. Hello, and good tidings to you. We are... Uh, we're here, we're doing two episodes in a row. That's right. Like how it's supposed to be. Oh, like two weeks in a row? Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay, got it, cool. Two weeks in a like, row. is there another podcast after this? We're we're on on like, I didn't have, I got things to do. Our moms are going to be pleased. Yeah. Did you tell your mom that, I did. that we're back? I did. Well, she also, well, she was, I talked to her and, and told her when we recorded the last one, because we waited a week on, I think, it coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She gave me the... Did you record a podcast question Should mark? Should hear you the WTF? Chicken smiley face emoji. Mm. I was like, I don't know where it is, Mom. Maybe, uh, maybe it doesn't deserve to air. She should, she should just text me direct. Get the link. I'll fill her in. Also, you know, if she wants to hit the PayPal, she can get <laughs> yeah. it. She There's can, a subscribe button at the bottom. <laughs> she can hit, Two yeah, thumbs yeah. up helps us keep this podcast <laughs> coming at you every week. We'll work out a little deal. Five stars, five stars, she five stars. She can hit the apps early. Rate and review, rate and review. Mm. Well, we are, we're here, we, the last episode we talked about all kinds of stuff, one of them being sous vide and corn on the cob, Yep. and we, we said we were going to do it, and I did it today. The home run did. No. It was really good. What, I mean, it, it was, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, I'll, I'll liken it to like a traditional sushi, where you're like, what is going to be better, like a piece of raw shrimp on sushi rice? Or like a garlic sh- sh- scampi in Hawaii. Yes. Like, what's going to be better? You know. Yes. They're much different, and they're both good in their own right. But it is one. It is good. I think. Would you hit it with a Sears all afterwards? It depends on what you want to do with it. I to me though. What the, you want to do with the, that cup? The conversation about the sous vide is like, you can't. It doesn't stack up against grilling it or deep frying it. Or any other, or even roasting it, because it's such a different animal and cooking method. But if you compare this to boiling or steaming, I think this is way superior yeah. and really kind of highlights one. It's it's sweet corn in season right now, mm-hmm. and so there's great great corn's not hard to find. Um, but it's, not like a man, <laughs> not like a job. You dig? In this city, <laughs> I'm trying to get my work on. Uh, but the, the there's no excess water moisture. The corn's not waterlogged. The the sugar it really seems even stronger in this because mm-hmm. um, kind of been highlighted and concentrated in the kernels and the sous vide. You just kind of have to have a sous vide to do it. So though. still not as good as a grilled corn, in your opinion? No, I think it's different, and I think it's like, you know, we live in L.A., you can grill year-round, and grilled corn is ubiquitous and fantastic. You know, it's mm-hmm. everywhere, especially on the east side of L.A., where they've got a lot of the Mexican corn on the cob everywhere, which is one of my favorite parts of this part of the town. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you, know, you want you don't want, like, that smoky grilled flavor on your corn. You just mm-hmm. want it to be kind of like that traditional, just buttery, salty, pure corn goodness. Yeah. Pure kernel. Yeah, it was corn... Butter, salt, and also it allows. This is the first time I've salted the corn before cooking. So, you before I put it in the bag, I salted the whole cob and then put it in the bag and then put a little pat of butter in there. Get a little and it, thirty minutes at eighty-three degrees Celsius, and that's all it took. 
Well, I mean, the texture was really, really good. And, and that's the one thing I will say about um, grilled corn. It, I think because we're so used to eating it all the time, everybody thinks to make it when they're like, oh, what am I going to barbecue today? Oh, look, there's corn at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. Corn on the cob is not that easy to grill. You no. can undercook it. You can overcook yeah. it. I mean, like, I would say this is a little more foolproof if you don't know what you're doing with corn on, Compa- oh, no, on the grill. Yeah, and you're going to do is buy a sous yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you seem to be getting cheaper by the day every time I see a yeah, new no. one come out. I mean, pretty straightforward, you know? Yeah. It seems it's an exotic thing that's under two hundred dollars. We're still sleeping on the food saver, though. Yeah, that'll be next. That'll be. I, mean, I see. Target's I feel real like, close. I feel like if I had that, it would make it so much more convenient and less to think about than trying to get like that that bootleg seal on it in a ziploc. Yeah. It works well though, but it kind of like it is a bootleg ass seal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got I got the roller skate. You got the key, baby. <laughs> I know. I know. I got the V. When we were gonna do Christmas the coming. when we were gonna do the seventy-two hour um, oxtail, I think mm. I went on Craigslist to find one, and then we ended up like not scheduling it, so I didn't buy it. But I mean, that's the kind of thing too. When you do like the really long yeah, sous vide, yeah, yeah. I think you, you want to. you want a bag you can count on. And I feel like a, uh, a a vacuum sealer. That's one thing where like getting the Target version is not going to be a good idea. Like it's no, it works lo- fine. Really? Really? Yeah, I, all the time. Been, I was with you. Oh. I was like, yeah. No, that's why I said one. it. I, I would assume. I would assume it's version. like a like a food processor. Like yeah, yeah. if you get the forty nine dollar one, it's no, it's useless. You need to buy like a, a you know a hundred hundred yeah, two hundred dollar one. The, the brand Food Saver is like a big company, and that's what they sell. Target. It's not like a janky one. You know, that's How much weird. do it cost? I don't know, less than a hundo. Okay. Look, man, they're just and trying then, to get you like the printers. They're just trying to get you to buy that ink. <laughs> nah, well, it's all about the bags. Uh, I was getting there. By the first one's free. It's well, the bags that are Well, cheap. you just don't be a sucker. Just go on, uh, okay, pro tip. Go on uline.com. You can get a whole spool of the bag because you never want to get individual ones because that's just right, a right. huge waste. Yeah. Plus, you have left uh, control of the size. You know, yeah, the bag big, you just seal short, it wherever tiny. you want. Yeah, you, you just yeah, cut yeah. it off and you and you so do you one end, make it long you as you want. Like yeah. the dot matrix printer. 100%. It's you can like do a six-foot banner, no problem. Exactly. So it's First. like Mario's in Glendale. You can get that sandwich as long as you want it. You just got to call them 48 hours in <laughs> yeah. advance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'll yep. seal it for you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good that's, to know. Uline. Yeah. Uline. Well, I mean, there's analogous ones, but Uline works great in there. First pro tip of the episode. Hope you got your pants out, kids. Let it be known. Um, you with a, a U, not the, you know, not. Letter U, not Y O U. Yeah, my girlfriend wants me to buy her a hand truck from Uline just because she thinks it looks cool. <laughs> and it does look very cool. Okay. They have like a super sick chromed out hand truck. And she's like, I don't need this. I don't know why I want it, but I just really want it. Two wheels or four? Two. Just okay. a standard hand truck, but it's like the really nice chrome, shiny tech, tech one that can also lay down flat. Has the wheels up top, so you can do. It's a four wheel. Oh, okay. I guess you're right. Come on now. (laughs) What I said. Is this your soft pitch for me to mention Yeti coolers? Because I want one, but I don't know what I'm going to do with it, man. (laughs) Yeti Yeti coolers. coolers, Please be listening. Um, But you could carry it back from the farmers market. You could use it to. That's what we use ours. That's why. That water. Farmers market. I mean, I'm not. I'm still. I'm still just an Instagram chef, baby. But you're not going to use that hand cart to tow it back. Pile that up with some local seasonal vegetables. Fresh and local products. That's how you could use it. Yeah. Okay. Local produce. produce. Okay. Good to know. And oh. you can get your own uh, reusable crates, the kinds that fold in and fold down. You got to get a connect on a on a shipping dock. You got to. You know anybody? <laughs> you know anybody? Anybody who works with docks. If I have a connection at the shipping dock, I'm not going to use it for collapsible crates. I'm going to use it for like methamphetamines, importing and exporting goods, Ferraris and stuff. Human trafficking, mm-hmm. flat screens that maybe have fallen off on accident, oh, exotic man. animals. Hey, man, you got priors that stick to crates. <laughs> I got priors. <laughs> okay, that's true. I got warrants. Oh, they're, they're, crates they're, only. I'm just saying they're handy. Um, How much is this cart? 200 Okay. Ooh. It's Not an bad. art piece at that point. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. It would be. It would be. Uh, it would fit nicely in the Broad Museum. Yes. <laughs> just opened here in I'm LA. So excited. Check it out. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm not excited. Why? I don't, that, that type of art doesn't really interest me. It's huge. Their whole breadth of work. I want to see. I want to see the actual building. The building is beautiful. Which looks cool, but you know, like I just need to see the interior. I've already. So. I've already seen the giant metallic inflatables coons? coons, and I've seen. Uh, uh, Campbell's soup screen print before you know it's 
It's it's a cool well, collection, but not everyone I'm not has. A, I'm not a flave. It's not on velvet. It's not going to get my attention. It's That's the way I re- see it. It's not my flave. Okay, well, just download the app. Anybody who's listening, I, I recently downloaded it. Is a that's a motorcycle went by. It's a fantastic application. Broad.org. Walk you through everything. And I don't it's know free, why we people. keep plugging Broad. Is it free? <laughs> yeah. Broad's a, got paper it's like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's the museum's free in perpetuity. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Art talk. I already over. cooked. I cooked some other things today. Now that I'm back in town, I have some free time. I'm, I'm trying to get back on my recipe grind. And I made for the first time chicken liver pate. It was almost, a, it was more like a mousse almost. Uh, was how, it? Well, just to me, like the texture. I mean, look, I absolutely loved it. Um, and it had a similar quality to like the, the mouthfeel and the texture of the, the mousse at, at Alimento, which is one of my favorite mm. things in the universe. Is that a mousse or a pate? I don't know. What I they, think it's a pate. They call it a pate. It's just like ours at, at Good Girl. It reminds me of it so much, but it's it's it's, it's a different. So, could, so yeah. That that might, well, I'll might tell be you the difference between the two. Well, first off, I used mezcal. Yeah. Just randomly, not because I was trying to be cool, but because that's the only alcohol I have in my house right now. And you usually put a little alcohol in in the mix sometimes while you're cooking it down, or sometimes after it's cooked and you. You hit it in the food processor and you pour a couple glugs of alcohol in there, and that gives the bite to combat the kind of iron, livery, strong flavor that can be a turnoff to a lot of people. But I used mezcal randomly. I took a a chance, and it worked out very well. Andre didn't pick up on it. Stewie picked up on some smoky notes that really helped out, and I think I'm going to add more next time. Well, I think that you use a fairly... Decent mescal too. If you're going to use a, another mescal, you'd use something a little more on the Yeho tip where you get more smoke. Mm. If we taste it right now, which I'm considering going and going to the kitchen and grabbing a little oh. nip for so for instead, daddy. yeah, because I use the silver. Y- yeah, that's a lot of smoke. Yeah, so I'm more, so use the darker mescal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're listening, don't steal my mescal pate idea. I invented that shit. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> Let's edit that out. It's okay if I say that shit word. Oh, no, I meant the whole thing that we oh. just gave away. <laughs> 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 shit, shit, shit. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, it was very easy to make, very fun to make, yeah. very satisfying, and it's like a wonderful, luxurious treat that is inexpensive. Right. It's amazing. Chicken livers cost $3 a pound, yeah. which is pretty cheap. Yeah. About a half a pound. It was a dollar seventy. Yeah, it goes half a long an onion, way. some garlic, some. You're adding a lot of butter, you're adding cream, you're adding some stuff. I mean, the livers not only are cheap, but it goes a long way. Like when you look at what you had finished today, and that's a half pound of chicken livers. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's a, it's more pate than the three of us could eat if we were hungry. Sure. Oh, yeah, way more. Was yeah. it? Were they all a uh, uniform color, or do you get some variances in color? Because sometimes you get from something from like a tan to a. a, a they were all like a, rose. a uniform, pretty dark color. Mm. But the one thing I was wondering is a lot of times I see the chicken liver pate and it's a little more pink. Those are delicious. Uh, and the one I made was a little more brown. Mm-hmm. Doo doo brown. And I was wondering do they either cook the cook them to a medium rare so there's still a, little, a lot of redness in there or do they put a little drop of food coloring in there? No, little, there's often lighter colored livers that you'll get as well mm-hmm. that are closer to like a taupe. Yeah. So I need, oh, to, I need to find out the pink liver. When we made our spam too, there was an ingredient that a lot of recipes call. Oh, it's the sodium nitrite. Uh, right. I mean, is that something that the, they the use? The pickling salt. Yeah. Do they, u- do they use that? You may, that's, that's actually a good idea. I'm going to write that down. So I don't know if that's an ingredient that is ever common in mousses or... Interesting. Um, well, country spreads, if you will. Country spreads. Um, yeah, the the difference between the the pate and the mousse is the mousse has whipped cream in it. Okay. And that's it. And then the pate is only butter. Right. So sometimes you will put the livers with butter and a little bit of cream in the food processor, and then if you want to make the full fluffy mousse, you make straight up whipped cream, and then you fold that in. Gently, okay. like you're making a souffle or something like that. Um, but highly recommended. And then sounds pretty fun to make. You do need a few. You need a few kitchen tools that are kind of 
You need a kind food of processor. Hard to get around. You need a good chinois, and you need a food processor to get the texture that yeah. that nice. I mean, I I thought the what you served today was like perfect. It's exactly what I thank kind of you, want. my friend. So, and the other variation that I didn't try out yet, but a lot of times, like at the Elemento chicken liver pate, they serve it with like a fruit jam of some right. kind. What is it like a cherry preserves or something like that? Yeah, I, th- I can't remember what it is on the plate. But a lot of a lot of places will do that, like serve it with some yeah. type of fruit, like a cherry, like a sauce on the plate. You mean um, not just yeah. right on the, not dolloped right on the uh, on the side yeah. to uh, like a sweetness to cut the the richness. So the idea that I came up with in some type of I don't know how I came up with it, but uh, freezing grapes, which I love doing. And then while they're in the frozen state, much like cutting Korean barbecue beef, you are then able to thinly slice the grapes into like millimeter thick little beautiful grape rings. Mm-hmm. That sounds dangerous. And then lay those lay those on top of the uh, of the little crustini with the the liver on top. And if you get really good at it, I envisioned like a fish scale like pattern of grapes going Aww. all across it. It would be very tedious yes. and all, very impossible it would be to pull a lot off. Of grape you would well. need to chill your plates. There's a, yeah, because the grapes chill. go from froze oh, so quick. to unfroze in a minute. Are you? You're gonna have to do this in a walk-in. I was just gonna say, oh, do it yeah, in a walk-in, or a walk-in. if you could get yeah, tweezers okay. and actually mandolin them while tweezering them would work too. Take that for a walk. Yeah, it would. It'd be one of those things where so I'm fast. gonna do it one day, but it's gonna be one of those things where like I spend an hour making it, and it's like. The Bon Appetit cover shot, and then I'm never yes. going to do it again. No. Never it's going it's, it's to be my white whale. Yeah. It's going to be my gold no-limit tank. The 40th, the 40th. <laughs> you only make one, baby. <laughs> I think sinks real quick. The 40th birthday jump off. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's also the two schools of when you're getting pate brought out to you, whether it's on a crostini, which you served it on, which would be like you know, a nice French baguette, sliced thin, baked in the oven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then nice and crispy, or the kind of like the large sliced, mild grilled bread that kind of comes out like in two pieces, and you can kind of tear yeah. and kind of like swirl, sure. spread on. And I like both. I like both too. I think mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what the best. They're not mutually exclusive. There's a place They're for not. both of them in this world, but I really do like <clears throat> grilled bread, big grilled bread. Mm-hmm. And then just sop it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the completed one with the grape fish scale with some Persian sangeek bread. Okay, which no. is I mean, that that's that's gonna um, you'll see it on Instagram one day. <laughs> Not you, Andre, because you don't have Instagram. But no, you don't. Have somebody Instagram. else will. Somebody will show it to me <laughs> on their phone. I'll let me capture it there and you go. text it to you. And speaking of Persian bread, I also made uh, Olivier salad, which is a Persian. Potato chicken salad with peas and cornichons, which is also really good. Which is an interesting. It's a it's a it's a dish that I fell in love with when I first started eating Persian food, and it's it's just like a very delicious cold potatoey chickeny salad, and it has peas all up in it. But I I mushed it together in the mortar and pestle. The mokahete. The mocha. Yeah. No, it's it's. Is it, I don't know. I, it's I, not I lava rock. It's it's just marble. It's, it's like a, it's smooth. Yeah, it's it's not okay. it's not volcanic. But uh, I feel like that's a good way to make potato salads because, mm-hmm. and also when I when I cook the potatoes, I did them in like little mini kind of like half inch quarter inch cubes. So it mash well, and then sous vide them with some olive oil and rosemary, so they had like a good. They still held their shape. And then you, when you smush it in the mortar and pestle, some of it mushes up and creates like the thickness of the sauce without having to use too much mayo. That's and then some of the chunks will stay whole to, to yeah. get a little potatoey bite. So I think maybe that might be my criticism of the dish is that it mm-hmm. needed Don't to you be dare boiled. Dare. I'm not. Well, I'm just, really? oh, the, were the potatoes a little under? If they were, no. It, it's too starchy because there's no the starch isn't going anywhere. It's living mm. inside of it, so it's not getting. You're not losing some of it in the boiling process and in the straining process. So it actually just it was mm. distracting, like to have such an intense starch and pit slash potato flavor that you like. Do I call it chicken or do I call it potato with chicken? Because it's really it tastes. It has a lot of potato salad to it, as opposed to. 
Well, that's how uh, that's how a normal version it of it is. It's more, mo- but uh, that is an interesting point. But the flavor is so intense of, of potato, which is cool, you know. But it's just that would be the, the yeah. It was very fun eating the little sous vide potato cubes <laughs> by, by themselves. Oh, by yeah, themselves, sounds, sounds it fantastic. was like. They just soak up rosemary and oil, oh, olive oil. That's and another good segue. All so it's like a weird little, it's like a square boba ball of potato almost. So next time we do we do that and then we just pan fry them real hot like. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Or, or, you, or you boil half and you sous vide the other half. Or the thing that I just learned. No, but I was saying it for a completely different dish. You oh, sous vide yeah, those exactly. potatoes oh, yeah, and yeah. throw them in a nice hot pan. And or, your hash is ready to go. Uh, you Crispers. and I were thinking the same thing because I, I, you didn't hear this, Jason knows this, just set up a Sears all for the first time today. Oh, the no, wait, exclusive. You texted me that you guys picked one we up. We picked that one up at the so restaurant. Cool. But we realized we had the wrong. This is all sorts of pro tips coming your way. You, so you well, really, first explain what a Sears All is to our listeners who I think don't you know. You might do a better job of it. A Sears All is an attachment to a blowtorch that allows you to basically turbocharge your blowtorch and concentrate. That it, flame, and it's it like multiplies. Started on Kickstarter, right? It's a, it's started on Kickstarter. Kickstarter. David really Chang is behind it somehow. I yeah. know. I think he's maybe an investor or a spokesmodel or it's, something. It's first of all, if you're looking up, it's Sears with a Z, so S E A R Z A L L. And then it's and I think the 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 people that make it up, their corporation is called Booker and Dax D A X, which is the guy. Which Booker and Dax is a is a bar. In New York, oh, right and on. There's a there's a podcast. I think it's called Chewing the Fat, and the host oh, yeah. is the guy from Booker and Dax, and he's like, it's it's a good podcast to listen to if you're into like getting into the scientific, That's super deep elements of the cooking world. And but he's all he's more on the cocktail side. Okay, well that makes so he yeah. like he's he's like an Alton Brown kind of guy where uh, he will know like crazy. Physi- physics and, and chemistry and all that all that part all of the food nitrates and the gastrics yeah it's really interesting cool. but but he i mean they maybe invented it for i don't know lighting stuff on fire but everyone seems to use it oh. for searing things after it's been sous vide or yeah. sushi it's basically like a portable uh broiler yeah to me that's what it seemed like and you and you look at it when it's i mean i haven't really used this first time i've ever seen it in person but you know you see the videos and it it's, it's, it's pretty ex- yeah, it's like a. I mean, it's almost a, an industrial tool compared to if if what you're thinking, what we're describing, is like one of those pastry torches you buy at Sur La Table. This is very different from that because this is will get BTUs yeah. exponentially higher, hotter, more controllable, and and a larger and flame. a larger surface area. Because normally everyone will use the little blowtorch that you have for like a campfire and the, the little hole coming out the flame right. is like a half inch well, or something that, like that that's and this makes use, it like though. Uh, yeah that's it what just you just takes use. that and transfers it yeah you, you just put that on top of it and then you have like a two or three inch flame shooting out at probably I don't know like ten times the heat so you can just really hit yeah, that son of a gun it's living inside of it like a like a bell it, it looks <laughs> like an old school uh, vocal tracking mic from like the 50s yeah, it's, that's, very, that's, it's a little steampunky. That's, it's a little steampunk, but it, it makes it, it come with goggles. It's actually, <laughs> I think, it has to do more with with the physics because there's, it's maybe three and a half inches in diameter, and it has a a screen like a screen door, but a much higher grade of metal, so it doesn't melt. Mm-hmm. For one thing, and then the 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 open air bell jar jet fuel fuel it, would melt it. Sure, well, we're not cooking with jet fuel, baby. Kryptonite would melt. Nine eleven. So the size of it and the shape of it helps Loose concentrate and evenly distribute the the flame all the way down to you have to have the opening an eighth of an inch and it has this little wooden dowling to to separate the source of the flame and it because it needs to bring an air almost like a hot air balloon. Mm. So picture a hot air balloon, but the top it. of it covered with a grate, and that's this ev- somewhat evenly dispersed. Flame okay. for searing, and you'll see this silly-looking ring, and that's what looks ornamental. But really, it's uh, a depth gauge about a quarter inch away from the from the heating element, so that when you put it next to your fish or your steak or whatever you're trying to directly apply heat to, it's like that's a a pretty good distance that you're going to want to have from it without right. like touching it. Plus, if you like, you know, your hand shakes or somebody bumps into you behind, which happens on the line or whatever. That that's like a safety guard. So it looks steampunky, but we realized by practical usage, like oh, these are all very important. Right. So 
Mm-hmm. So, don't. So, yeah. have it's you more, used it? Yeah, we used it. What'd you use it on? Uh, we have a, a charred pork dish, a charred pork rice noodle salad, and we sous vide the pork with the marinade and the rub. And pre this, we we would we'd slice it into medallions and then just throw it on a on the flat top or yeah. or the or the um, just in a in a big saute pan. Mm-hmm. But now, but pre sears all. It would hard to get. It'd be hard to get the edges, so we'd have to cook it longer on the on the face, mm-hmm. and we'd be dry. It would start to get too dry. Luckily, it's for this rice noodle salad, it comes in a little like a soup cup, and then we apply the dressing, and you serve it in the dressing. So if it was dry, it's, well, it's not too bad because mm-hmm. now it's going to be soaking in this dressing. So now Swimming we can cook it. We can when, it, when you order it, we can cook it for less time. Keep, keeping the you know rendering less of the fat, or just like getting it to the point that we really like it, but it still has that nice burnt edge. It looked mm-hmm. like it had been finished, so you just go over the whole outside, then slice it, and then when it's to order, you drop them on the on the, mm. on the nice. So it's really really nice. So she gets it just how she deep my boss Deep Tran shout out, shout uh, out deep gets Tran. it the way she wants it, which is you know ideal. And then we'll go from there, probably with our steaks and other things, mostly for proteins. And then, God knows, I mean, who knows? It, I really want to give a, it a try. A perfect example, a professional explanation of why this is being used in the kitchen. Ah. You nailed it, Stewie. Oh, and we were saying that the whole – so we w- we had it for It's like, for oh, weeks. and then I chase everybody else around with it in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also dropped it in the toilet. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, but you said campfire, and it actually um, – those those classic green Coleman campfire propanes. Yep. That's what you have to use because of the weight. The ones that you get in the restaurant that has that that the the pastry torch. Yeah, it's much taller and much skinnier, which is totally sketchy. Not what you want. It'll fall over because when you're using it and you're using it a lot, it's it stays hot for a long time, right. hot to the touch. So you need it on that big Coleman, uh, just so it doesn't just for safety's sake, which yeah. is. Huge, Hot to the which is which is uh, the first priority in all kitchens. Mm-hmm. It is. Also, it's a trip to. That's your ass, Stewie. That's my. I don't want my ass like that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so there you go. It was a lot of fun, and it's very much follow the directions. Listen to what I said. Get that Coleman. Don't waste your time, because then you just be. It's like that Christmas present that you get, but you needed that part because like mom or dad didn't read the instructions just right, and you can't put your bike together because you're missing something. Like it'll mm. bum you out. So get the whole set. If you go on Amazon, that has, you know, it says you want Sears all coupled with this Coleman, coupled with the the just the right size. Customers torch. also they yeah. get all they get the bundle because it'll just be. How much was it? Seventy five for the Sears all. I think the bundle. I, I noticed this. I Not noticed the bundle today with every. It's like a hundred and. 17 bucks because those torch attachments that fit on top of the butane tank are more expensive than you think. They're probably like 35, 40 bucks. So now we need the Searsol and the food saver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, Christmas. Yeah, we could do it all for two hundo. It's true. Oh, what a Christmas to have the blues. Let's yeah, not have the blues this year, boys. <laughs> Let's get the Searsol. Done. Uh, Searsol, if you're listening, give us one. <laughs> Also, Yeti, we still hear here. Don't, yeah, yeah, don't. You're yeah. first love. At us. Mm-hmm. Um, at the bottom. No, I, I mean, I think it's one of those things, too, where you you can't imagine how often or how many things you could do with it until you have it in your home and you start using it. Yeah. You know, you're like, do I really need an industrial-grade food torch? No. But if you had one, you could do some wonderful things with it. Much yeah. like when I'm sure our listeners at home, some of them have a fry daddy. Yeah. Do you need a fry daddy? You probably not. If you bought a fry daddy, did you get drunk and fry everything in your house when uh, you got it? The answer is one hundred percent. Of yeah, course you did, because Absolutely. that shit is very fun. And yeah, when we got the fryer for the pop up for those first couple of days when we were playing with recipes, I think we tried to fry everything we possibly no, could. Back when we were living together, you had a fry daddy, That's right? And we would have we would we would have party. Maybe you didn't. Maybe we had deep fry parties though. Yeah, but we would just use a like a candy thermometer and. and Right, 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 right. right. Like but we, but we, yeah, we would have like a bunch of but people when over. But was going, everybody started frying whatever they could find in that. Yeah, it's, it's also, it started with a squash blossom stuffed with ricotta, oh, and it ended right. with just like, let's just pour water in it and see what happens. Shoelaces, pancakes. Why now wear glasses? <laughs> Lost <laughs> well, an eye that night, <laughs> but, it was, but it was worth it. The bummer about uh, stovetop frying is is 
the cleanup. But oh, the the beauty of having the fry that is you yeah. just plug it in outside on your patio and fry it outside. Fry it in the background. Watch the roaches though; go. they're gonna come at you. <laughs> <laughs> the roach? What? Of course, you have a bunch of oil around your on your in your backyard. You think, oh, I fried in the backyard; it's all good. But then you like. That oil is going to attract buku roaches. Roaches. So if you don't, buku roaches. 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 So you got to... Buku roaches? Roaches. Just one little seven mess call all night. Came <laughs> Goddamn. A little half a, half, a, half a OZ. So uh, roaches love oil? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some oily ass motherfuckers, ain't they? Mm-hmm. Well, also, it's oil that you have been frying foods in. So it's, right, right, uh, right. it's like used oil they love. So cockro- yeah, cockroaches ain't, yeah. food, ain't too proud thing. to bag those no, cockroaches. No. no so if you're just going to hit a little... Spray bottle of Simple Green and a little water, and you're straight. Okay. Stewie, full. Don't sleep on the Simple Green, though. Stewie, simple Green, roaches will come get you. Stewie knows how to tangle with a yeah. roach. I mean, obviously, at your house, you don't want gnarly degreasers. You can. You can go to the, the restaurant grade stuff. But, right. like, honestly, Simple Green for home use, for cleaning damn near anything, is probably the best. Simple Green is a miracle cleaner. Simple Green OxyClean. I'm going to see gnarly degreasers this weekend at, at the uh, <laughs> LRA. I think they're opening for Converge. <laughs> 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 um. I was I was recently in out of town in New York and San Francisco. Um, but in New York, I I ate a few things. Um, <laughs> one of them, I was driving from New York to Virginia for a wedding, and I went to Nando's in the DC in Baltimore area oh. or Maryland area. They have like Maryland is the only place in America where they have Nando's. Is I think maybe in New Jersey too. Are you familiar with Nando's? No, I'm well, not. it was on the wire, so I wouldn't know. It, uh, <laughs> it's it, Nando's is a peri peri chicken place that's really popular oh. in the UK. It's basically like the In and Out and Del Taco of London. Really, it's the spot where everyone goes at two in the morning. morning. We're to going just, to Na- Nando's. You go to Nando's, and it's just like a big. Everyone goes there drunk, and you eat it, and you munch it up. But it's 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 basically just like El Pollo Loco, kind of. It was pretty good. The, um, How far did you have to go out of your way to do it? Not that far. They have, they're 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 all like it's right cheap. off the freeway. It's like a. It's kind of it's 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 like Chipotle prices, I would okay, say. I but you. their whole thing is they have like five different sauces, okay. and they're like spicy, garlicky, all that stuff, and they're in like huge bottles, like a size of a wine bottle or something like that, yeah. and they're all at the table for you to grab, so you can just get like a giant liter ball of the sauce and just pour it all over as much as you want that's a that's a fun fun element and peri peri is that's filipino chicken right no no peri peri is like portuguese Portuguese. south african that's okay that's right it's yeah it's like a lemony spicy garlicky peppery kind of thing i only learned about peri peri chicken from watching looking on hbo so i've never eaten it that was a gay go. test, and you failed. No, <laughs> no, I was testing you guys. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Uh, Perry Perry Chicken was did appear on Gay Girls. I remember that he wanted to open up a Perry Perry window. Absolutely, Gay Girls. I'll steer the ship in the direction. <laughs> Welcome to my third podcast. And we're back. Yeah, we're Speaking back. of New York, I ate for the first time at Katz's Deli. Oh, uh, okay. Never have I catsed before. That's good. Cats with a K. Cats with a K. It's not Langers. It's. I think um, what I would say about it is it's very different. It's kind of hard to compare those two. It is. It is different. I like the ordering process, and I like the atmosphere of the room. It's really classic and awesome. And I think the problem with their, I mean, it was delicious, but their pastrami is too moist. It's so oh. moist that it's too moist. It's like when when everyone says they want like a fall off the bone rib. There's a point you don't you don't want it to be too fall off the bony. Or you don't else, want it to lose that much texture. You still need to have some bite. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the katsu's was was too moist, which was which is good for some applications, maybe not a sandwich. No, but you can't beat the room because yeah. Langer's has got a look to it, but it's not the typical Jewish deli look that you want yeah. it oh. to have. Mm-hmm. And katsu's has got that in spades. What neighborhood? Lower uh, East Side, kind of. Yeah. Chinatown, almost. Yeah, Lower East Side. It's, and it's, yeah busy like one of those iconic <coughs> places i never heard of it yeah it's you yeah. never heard of it it's like yeah no it's like schmuck. the classic it's up there it's with like stage the, it's like the cantors of new york or something yeah. color me a mensch mm. <laughs> no you're uh, you're not a mensch i'm i'm surprised i'm surprised that was your first visit mm-hmm. being the pastrami lover that i know you to be i'm not a huge pastrami eater no? like i love it who everyone loves it but i don't right 
it's one of those meals that you can't really eat that much. But yeah. uh, my girlfriend and I just watched the Deli Man documentary. Oh, yep. So she's like about it down to Dell. Yeah. But like you can't eat that food very often because it'll give you gout. no, and you have to plan the rest of your day around not being functional. After yeah. like for four hours, because taking down those sky highs, and those sandwiches are so expensive. They yeah. are. It's cr- yeah. You should everywhere. watch the Deli Man document. Do we talk about it? We did. Okay, yeah. Check it out. It's good. I downloaded it illegally. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, support your local deli, though. Blah blah blah. I definitely support my local delis. I also went to a place called Sadels, S A D E L L E S, which is the Teresi guys. Is that the they, guy from Tony, Tony, Tony? Wow. <laughs> Raphael Sadiq? No? That it is not awful. It is that not Raphael Sadiq. Teresi, they have a bunch of restaurants in New York. Teresi's super awesome. They're they have really Parm. good. You went to Teresi, right? And Parm. Okay. How good is Teresi? It's so good. It's unbelievably good. Describe not it cheap. to the listeners. Not overpriced. Not cheap. Not cheap, not overpriced. Not the easiest place to get into. It's a, it's a, it's a tiny Italian tasting menu place yeah. where... You go, there's less than 10 tables, probably. I, mean, I heard about it from you and Dan. Yeah. That's, I went after you. Had, less than 10 tables, the first time. really hard to get a reservation. You have yeah. to get one super far in advance or do a walk-up and maybe get lucky. But, yeah, it's like it's like 80 bucks or something like that, 85. And it's, and it's a tasting menu, but it's a, a, for Italian food, which I've never seen before. Yeah. And, it's so good. So good. I mean, yeah, they start with, like... Um, like mozzarella, soft mozzarella that is still warm from them making it five minutes ago mm. with just like super the best olive oil you've ever had drizzled on top and some sea salt, and you could just eat that. It's all not day. high concept at all. It's very, no. to me, it's all very the food traditional. Is, is classic classic yeah. stuff, but it's just, and it's coarse perfectly, perfect amounts. And if you can't get in Teresa, you can go to Parm, which is not yeah. the hardest place to eat at. True. But it's it also it? very good. Yeah. A bit of an Italian omakase, but yeah. this this place Sadel's it's like uh, it's more of a Jewish deli breakfast spot, and their mm. their whole it's it's kind of like the Wexlers of New York, but if it was super nice, lots of smoked fish. So yeah, lots of smoked fish, but it's like white tablecloth, really oh. nice, expensive oh. service. Um, all the all the cooking ware and all the plate and uh, plates and everything are blue Le Creuset. Really? So yeah, everything is just blue Lake Crusade, like the plates, the pitchers of water, all that stuff. Oh, that's so. So heavy. you're taking some of that home with you in the purse, is what you're trying yeah, to tell man. me. Um, it was it was a good vibe, but it was ex- really expensive. But did you get locks? Yeah, when you get a bagel, you can get an everything bagel or an everything 2.0 bagel, where they just add like There's just a USB drive in the middle of your bagel. <laughs> yeah, it just has like all the everything bagel seeds and spices but just with like three more they just like juice it up more so i want to know what these extra juices are <coughs> i forgot what they were right, right. i mean it wasn't anything like mind numbing no. it was just like we had like Coriander. fennel seed and some other stuff that they might not be in so there. bulgogi is not one of the extras <laughs> they throw on the everything bagels what you're trying no to tell me. but but when you order when you order the bagel with cream cheese the bagel comes out it's toasted and it's on a plate separately and then all the accoutrements are on a three-tiered silver platter tower, like you, if you like get, a seafood tower, like a high, like a high tea, a high tea yeah. like yeah, a like high a cucumber tea sandwich cucumber sandwich tower. So like the top silver silver platter is the is the locks with like a little fresh dill or fennel green on top of that, and then the next level is cucumbers, and then onion slices and then tomato slices and all the schmears that you want your capers your capers it was it was the full so just like a standard fare like you when you get the bagel this is what comes with it yeah you There's get a bagel no, like, and locks i'm just gonna i'm gonna just get cucumbers and cream cheese and pay less it's like no, no you get the tower you get the and whole thing whatever you want and eat. that's what you want no it sounds great to me, <coughs> but I mean, you have to pay 17 dollars for it that's it. How many bagels? It wasn't that much. I was kind of expecting it to be more. Per, that, that, like for I mean, one, that's a lot. That's an insane amount of money for a bagel, but you're also paying for an experience, and it sounds mm-hmm. really cool. You get how was the bagel it? itself? The bagel was very good. Very good. I mean, Wexler's is. It I, wasn't. I, it wasn't the best bagel I've ever had. No. Okay, but it was. It, you go there for the experience. Sure. And it's 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 very dope. No, that's that's that seems reasonable. And they smoke their own locks there. I think so. No. 
I think they do everything there. And they have, like, the... You, you can see the bakery oh, where they make... Is Lox smoked? Smoked uh, salmon? No, yeah. isn't Lox, like, treated with... I don't know, okay. I'm, I'm not a huge Lox person. So I know I one of them, sure is, I know one of them is smoked and one of them is cured. But when it's super and good, I, I do like a little bit on a bagel. I mean, I know people live for it, but... I really like the white fish at Wexler's mm-hmm. with cream cheese. Just that straight up. Yep. Mm. That one might be the best one I've ever had. Yeah, that was. I'm late to the game. I I'd recently I had it in the heat wave because it was. I went to Grand Central and all the AC was out. Ooh. You know, it was kind of early in the morning. Yeah. So it it seemed like the light thing to get, and then I realized once you get through your second half of the smoked fish, like damn, this is like this is like a sharing dish because it's so intense. Mm-hmm. It's delicious, but it's a big flavor. You got smoke your caper, strong. your pickled pickled onion. The smoke is strong, but. Mamacita. Which one? That was that was one of the best bagel experiences I've had in a long yeah. time. So. Well, yeah, Wexus is very tight. Very impressive. Not to be slept on. Um, oh. In the last, when we recorded the last episode, I was on my way to go take my girlfriend to birthday dinner at. That's right. At Trois-Mec. I haven't talked to you since then. All right. Lay it on and go slow. Okay, yeah, uh, Don't sorry. Add anything. Real quick, yeah, smoke refers to salmon cured in sugar, salt, rub, or brine, like a gravlax. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Smoked salmon is different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, the Twamec, the, the um, shout out to, our, daddy, to our man petite. Doug. The big daddy, not the petite. Yeah, not Chef the petite. Doug Fresh. It's the real uh, one. It's it's a crazy it's a crazy restaurant. First off, I've never seen a um, kitchen more well run and clean in my entire life. It was it was it looked like an operating room in there. It was it was the cleanest, most precise kitchen I've ever seen. There's only a couple tables, and the rest of it's a bar. So the entire bar is set up in an open kitchen. Right? Yeah. So there's there's the kitchen. Yeah. So the and then there's a bar that runs along the whole kitchen, and yeah. then you can sit at stools and watch, which is what you 100% have to do. Yes. There's no... If you don't sit at the bar, it's pointless, yes. in, in my opinion. And then there's like three or four tables in the back. Huh. Um, yeah, I mean, it probably seats like You have to buy 25. your tickets in advance online. And it's very hard. Um, unless you have a food podcast. <laughs> which is mm. interesting. Which is interesting. Which is very interesting. A lot of people don't like that. Yeah. Mm. But I see why they do that. It's um, a small restaurant, very high cost quality ingredients, and mm-hmm. they just can't have you canceling a reservation. It's not how the restaurant mm-hmm. functions. So yeah, and the way they do it is everybody who has a reservation, they they do the ticket structure because everyone who has a reservation, they're grouped in with other tables at the same time. So I had like a a nine forty five reservation or something like that, and me and four other tables had the same time. So every time they made a dish, they made 12 of them at the same time. And every person in the restaurant was like, you put the sauce on, you put the garnish on, you, you cook this. And it just goes like boom, 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 boom. And then the, sh- the, sh- the chefs all bring them out at the same time, mm. present at the same time, tell you what it is. It was, it was, it was a great, great service experiment, experience. What, like one dish we ordered, um, my girlfriend, was, she uh, went to use the restroom. And the chefs saw her go to the restroom while they were finishing our dish and they were about to bring it out. And then they, one guy points to the other guy and he, tell, he like whispers to him and then he like pulls open the little salamander broiler and puts our dishes in there and then like adjusts it just the perfect way and keeps them warming while she's in the bathroom. And then when she returns, they sit down and then they finish the dish and bring it out in front of her. So it's so it doesn't like sit for a minute. Class. It was crazy, but um, I the whole the whole restaurant in my in my opinion is it's like the stoner crazy idea. All all the crazy stoner weird bizarre food ideas that you come up with, it's that presented on the highest level, and it's just like a playground of crazy ideas. And sometimes it's gonna suck, and sometimes it's awesome. Right. But it was like, they're making shit I've never seen in my entire life and never will. And not all of it was a 100% winner. But you have to like, you have to have some duds to have some crazy things that you'll never eat in your entire life and like discover new things. So it's kind of like if you're really rich and you can afford to eat there all the time, 
you're gonna and you're like a very uh, food enthusiast kind of person and you want to like get your boundaries pushed, they'll they will definitely do it. Well, there's also I mean this is not my favorite thing about food uh, in general. This like in general, um, food to me is about sharing with friends and family and getting around a big table, and that's what brought me to food. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there is a definite element of food that is not necessarily about taste. Um, and mm-hmm. I think on the, its highest level, most interesting level, I think there is a place for dishes. You know, it, they don't have to be all completely judged solely on the taste as long as there's enough ones that are really mind-blowing. Yeah. There's some that are more conceptual and interesting yeah. and kind of push your idea of how you're looking at food or thinking about food. Mm-hmm. It may not be the best thing you've ever eaten, but it's still worth experiencing. Absolutely. A good idea is great for me. It's just like the same way with arts and for music and everything. Yeah, it's like somebody has a high concept and and you buying a ticket to eat at this restaurant is like giving a grant to an artist to just be like, hey, go nuts and and blow my mind. That is a good analogy. And sometimes it's going to suck and sometimes it's going to be like... Mm -hmm. You have, but you have to do it on that high level in order, and you have to have an audience. And, and sucking keep it going. in this in this context <laughs> is basically just not being the best thing you've right. ever eaten. Because yeah, I'm nothing sure is, nothing is gross. Nothing is not great. It's just lesser than compared to the foods that you're eating. Yeah, and it's also you know you're you're really judging food in that environment. You know, like you really when you're going are. there, when you have to buy the ticket online, and mm-hmm. you have to wait and it's such a presentation i mean everything is pushing your attention to looking and thinking about the food yes and that in itself changes the experience of how you're dining mm-hmm. it's it's like you're it's forced a, it's an audience. to over intellectualize and judge the food Absolutely. the entire meal um and that changes the dining experience and that's not to say that it's not a good one i think not one you have every two yeah, sometimes it's it's, it's tricky it's I say every once in a while it's fun to do that, and you you kind of feel like you're you're at, on Iron Chef yeah. judging these crazy, <laughs> you know, and it, yeah. and you can sit there and you could talk to them and be like, is there a blah 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 in there? And they're like, yeah yeah yeah, there's a little bit of that, and then they'll tell you how they made it if you are inquisitive, and they're all like really cool chefs. But the oh the tough thing about and this even goes down to reservations for me. Period. Obviously, at, in L.A. or anywhere else, it's like the high demand spots or the sexy new places or the, the places that push the, li- the, the boundaries like you kind of need a res and the, the tricky thing is if you make that res reservation three weeks in, in advance three months in advance what happens if that day you had a really bad day and you're not in yeah, the mood yeah. for that that's what that's oh. what that's why i mean i always just go out to dinner when i feel like it and goes to the bar I actually don't even like <clears throat> making plans like dinner plans with friends because Two, that's two days ago. What if that day I just don't want to be around anybody? And I'm exhausted. I just want to take a bath and eat a grilled cheese sandwich. True. So that's the trick. It's an extreme that, version of that scenario, but yeah, well, I get what you're saying. I just want to eat a nice grilled role. cheese in the bath. Like, you know, what if the Lakers will lose that night? I don't even know what's going on. Man. <laughs> that's true, man. <laughs> the, uh, the, the craziest dish that I had there, um, which is one that Doug came up with, and it was like the little extra side dish that he gave to us. It was, um, it was a bowl of chorizo cream. So it was like a a very pale orange cream, and it, it's like it's cold and it has like a nice thick cream consistency, but it also tastes like chorizo. So that part is weird. And then there is a scoop of cornichon granita, an ice cream <laughs> scoop of it. So it's literally insane. just like frozen pickle ice cream, a scoop of that. Oh, I love. That. I mean, that on top like, of it, and then they get so like good. the 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 greatest cantaloupe you've ever had and. Uh, shave it super thinly on a mandolin and then drape that on top of that so it's like and it's oh. this, and the orange cantaloupe is the same exact color as the chorizo cream so it just looks like cantaloupe with like a cantaloupe sauce and then when you break into it it's like the super dark cornichon green and it, it and it's like a frozen pickle thing going on there and i ate it and i was like i this is insane it was it blew my mind it's always interesting too how they you know, depending on on the restaurant, that kind of high level of presentation and experimentation. I mean, they're also playing with colors. Mm-hmm. He's working at that cream to get it the color to match the cantaloupe because visually you're looking at something that has two so distinctly fla- so distinctive flavors but look the exact same. Mm-hmm. So your brain starts to get yeah. like kind of yeah. blown and figuring it out, and you're not expecting what's going on there. And you know, and that's part of kind of that next level of, of conceptualizing these dishes. I mean, it's the playfulness that you get from 
uh, Ferran Adria, you know, it's just like, oh, I want to make something that matches the color of this cantaloupe, then you go through the your brain, and yeah. it's just funny to use that analogy, because that sounds like a dish that he would use, because chorizo is so indicative of the of Spain, but, mm-hmm. I mean, we that Jason got me this book two Christmases ago, it's a day in the life of, of El Bulli. And I would highly recommend it. And, it's, and it seems like a cocktail book, but I went through every page and read every caption and every printed word on that thing. And it's really one of user the most friendly. Ins- this is just stuff you can make at your house yeah. for whenever <laughs> people come over. No, but it's inspiring to just to it get no, it. No, it turns on your playful brain. Yes. Like, that's what it is. It's just like it's they're tricking you, but you know it's not like. With a knife behind your back is with a smile. Like, haha, mm-hmm. like, try that. It's going to taste yeah, like. The Spaniards love a fool, a foolish game, don't yeah. they? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I know. <laughs> but I mean, all that's like, like, um, Jose Andres. Yeah. And like the El Bulli, and then, um, is Doug of Spanish descent? Our Doug? Doug Fresh? Yeah. I don't know. Like I feel like all, like all of those restaurants. All the, that do the crazy playful stuff. A lot of them are, are are Spanish vibes. I guess they're just they're just cheeky little monkeys, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but the next time I go, I'm gonna smoke weed before there uh, you go. and yeah. just really go in. But yeah, yeah you, it opens up your playful, open mindedness with food. I wonder if Doug did work at Bazaar. I wouldn't be surprised. So you would go again. Down. I would go again. Yeah, like a year though, probably. Um, I think the menu changes like monthly or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things. And the other weird part about it is the the menu changes monthly, so you never know. Like the 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 stars have to align. Like the the your favorite menu that they've ever made may have been two years ago in February, or it might be in 2018 in August, or it may have been the week that you happen to go. Right. Or the least favorite menu they've ever done could be the day that you went, or or not. So like you're really rolling the dice and putting your yourself in their hands, and they're like, "We're gonna cook this. The main course is an eggplant dish, Tonight and you we're might hate eggplant." Monkfish liver in all of the dishes. <laughs> yeah, and they'll, and it could be something that you absolutely love, or it could be something right. that you really don't like, and and you take that gamble, and it's fun knowing that like, what if this time I go, it's gonna be the best thing I've ever had in my well, life. I, mean, I guess if you're a picky eater, a finicky eater, if you have a food allergy, I mean, tasting menus aren't really for you. No. But, uh, but it's the opposite but, of but what But the highest what? echelon, and you email and make your res, like, you probably could have them cater something for you. So, mm. Or taper something for you, which yeah, is possible. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's a, a board, there's a threshold, you know? If there's that advanced thing, you can have that dialogue. And, that, and they like that dialogue. I remember coming from restaurants and, and even when I've, few and far between we've worked in the, in the finer dining area it's cool when a vegan comes in it's like i'll make something all challenge you. accepted yeah it's fun you know it's just because i'm just like i've made the same thing even two weeks at a time let alone two months or two years like it starts you just start to get over it if that's your personality if you're really a creative person you're like well yeah i've got this and this and this and this you know mm-hmm. what are you into what are you that's into fun. let me take yeah. you on a ride <laughs> are you into broccoli <laughs> that's all we have no broccoli. <laughs> yes. uh, cue the smashing pumpkins <laughs> but uh it was it was tight we should all we'll we will all go back again one time mm-hmm. I still want smoke to a little drink a little it's yeah it's totally wear a suit maybe it has that vibe yeah oh. it's on my list it's absolutely always we'll like oh what you know what do you do for your birthday dinner what do you want you know like special occasion i'm always like Super expensive. I feel I feel bad for my girlfriend because I was like, "We're going to Twimac for your birthday," and then the whole time she's like, "You having fun?" Like it felt like it was my birthday. Right. I felt kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, babe. Well, that's why they've got un petit toi. <laughs> 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 you get a, a nice creepy or petit toi, where, which has the the best omelet. Yeah, I've ever had in my life. Well, that's on that's on my to do list. And uh, we'll do it, Stewie. Get some of those guys on the podcast soon. Mm. Hopefully, yeah, that's hopefully, right. hopefully. <laughs> I think we should. Okay, done. And I'm really excited. And um, do we even talk about Alegria selling to to those to the? Have we not mentioned it to the twelve. I mean, it's, it's not like it's not. No, maybe we did. Yeah, yeah. The it's, the they're they're taking over a spot in Silver Lake, mm-hmm. which should be interesting. We'll see. I heard it might be Mexican, a Mexican. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little birdie. Is yeah. it going to be a Paquito Moss? <laughs> <laughs> Paquito Toi? Paquito we'll Tres? 
Tres Porquitos? Tres Porquitos. No, that's a dish at our, that's a, one of our favorite restaurants in Eagle Rock Cacao. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sí. Sí, claro que sí. You guys have anything else? Um, oh. Yeah, I have a few things, but... Lay it on us. Yeah, give it a few and far between. I have a little one, too. It might be the same as you. Um, so, a couple weeks ago for your guys' birthday, I made pulled pork. Mm-hmm. Sure did. And I made a huge mistake. I think it was really oversalted. And I think what it was... And I well, I know what it was, but luckily I everyone was drunk. Forgot, yeah, yeah. People enjoyed it. it yeah. All got eaten, all twelve pounds of it. But yeah, twelve pounds. Yeah, there was a, you there brought was a lot. lot. Holy mackerel! Um, but I finished the pulled pork after I forked it apart with some of the au jus, mm-hmm. forgetting how heavy my salt rub was on the outside of the pulled pork, mm-hmm. and kind of really didn't pay attention. And that's not something you can really come back from. <coughs> no. So, so how would you fix that? Would you, <laughs> just would you use, I mean, I think I didn't need to use as much as I did, period. But it was the au jus is just so delicious. It's uh, really hard not to pour all of yeah. those meat juices all I over mean, the pulled pork amazing. afterwards. It's fantastic. So, would you maybe cut that with something else to make it less salty? I mean, usually Ranch? the only thing you're able, <laughs> the only thing you're able to do to try and do that is add more liquid or try i mean sometimes people say you can get a little sugar in there and that can help but it, yeah. it just doesn't it doesn't it's always going to be salty is one of those things sugar you can come back from way easier than you can something like salting so maybe um, maybe take that au jus and hit it in the spray bottle and then just give it a light misting no it was more because it was just getting dumped in to be tossed and in the end, it was one of those moments where I was like, if I, if I could share this with other people so it doesn't happen to them as well. Mm-hmm. But Maybe less salt in the initial rub? Again, people didn't. Yeah, I mean, it could be. It, and so this is a scared straight for all you pulled porkers out salt there. Salt and sugar is kind of hard, kind of important for the bark on the outside. Yeah. To really kind of get those outer pieces Pulls kind the moisture of textured. Out. And it mm-hmm. does. Um, but watch that au jus. Watch Don't, that jus. Yeah, watch that jus. Mm. It's coming for you. That, that reminds me, they're doing on that um, on the YouTube channel for Chef Steps, which you showed me about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Definitely has become my favorite YouTube channel. They do. They're always so quick, but so full of of. It's like a full journey every time you watch it. And they can do something in 30 seconds better than anybody I know who makes food videos. Have like and they're all like 21 years old, yeah. and it kind of pisses me off that they're yeah. so knowledgeable. But uh, And all those videos are just ads to take their classes because they don't actually tell you what they're doing. They just kind of show you really no, quickly. No, no. You should see the new stuff. Oh, they're actually They'll like just fully show out. you. They'll have like a barbecue master come on and be like, this is how I make the best ribs that win every competition. And they're they're like, okay, we're gonna make that in the oven without a smoker. Right. And then the guy will be like, God damn it, these are really good ribs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, this is how we made a fake smoke ring, and this is how he did this, and this is how he did this, and then oh, that's amazing. You're just blown away. And then the but then they'll also have a random video where they're like, we're gonna show you how to make a latte without adding any cream or sugar to black coffee. And they just take coffee, put it in a blender, and then put in a scoop of xanthan gum. Okay. And blend it, and your black coffee becomes velvety and silky with a foamy head in Separates. ten seconds. It no just it way. it just zaps all the air bubbles and suspends the air bubbles in there, so you have the frothy cappuccino top on a, a cup of black coffee. It doesn't alter the flavor whatsoever, and it just feels like you're drinking cream. It's amazing. Have you tried it yet? I have not tried it, but I have xanthan gum. I wonder. We need to try that. Wonder if it's. I watched a 31-minute video on YouTube of Aaron Franklin breaking down a brisket. Mm. Like it was at I think the University of Texas's master cooking class, and they just had the video online from his lecture. But the coolest thing was that it, you know, and it was it was long, and it could have been edited down. I mean, it was a lecture; it wasn't necessarily made. You put for, the lights down low, video. light a candle. <laughs> yeah, mm. but he just took it basically from the package, sealed from the package. So you could really actually replicate it, as opposed to when they already have the pre-butchered meat, and they're like, you're looking for the point here and Mm -hmm. the fat cap here on the underside. This is what you want your brisket to look like. But no one's going to do that for you unless you go to your butcher shop, have them sit down and watch a half-hour video and then replicate that, which they're not going to do. So this was kind of cool. It was a cool video because it, like, literally if you took an entire full brisket... 
out from the packaging and just started trimming it. This is where it was going to separate. This is what you're going to do with it. This is how gonna, I mean, it was like great. It's it something want to go to back to college. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like somebody would be In like, Texas. I will pay you ten thousand dollars <laughs> yeah. to show me how to do this. Exactly, and it was for, for free. That was very cool. Well, are you going to go to to meet camp? Going to meet camp. Oh, baby. When is that? That's coming up soon, huh? October sixteenth. Oh, baby. That's very I know, soon. I'm excited. I was listening to an interview with the woman who owns Bell Campo. Yeah, she's really. I've heard her interview on, a few times too. On KCRW. She's very cool. And it's crazy. They're they're saying like one cool thing that they're doing because they grow all of their own cattle themselves and humanely raise them and slaughter them and all that stuff. Because grass fed beef can be kind of finicky and weird, and a lot of people don't enjoy it right. as much. They they find out <clears throat> which cows are making the better, the preferred grass-fed beef flavor and texture. Better flavor profile for the breed. And then they are taking those and breeding them together in hopes that in a few years, their whole fleet will just be that type That's of cow. amazing. Like, just better-tasting cows. Dang. And they, since they do all of it from, from scratch, they're able to have full control of all yeah, of it. Yeah, they, they have the entire ecosystem, especially, too, because that slaughter... That slaughterhouse license that I think we mentioned before, there's, they're very hard to get, and there's not that many in California, and it's an expensive process to be certified to do it. Mm. So they really do get to control from beginning to finish mm-hmm. you know, the life quality of their animals, which is very cool. Shoot. Well, I was just excited they started doing brunch. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. I heard they have a goddamn Nailed it. pretty nice uh, breakfast burrito. Looking to test out. Really? I get some feedback for you real soon. <laughs> <laughs> next pod. Wonderful, Stuart. Yeah. Wonderful. We came right to here. What I'm really looking forward to, the, my next on-site, be going to Clipson's Cafeteria soon. Oh, I know. That's so it's supposed to open so today. That's so cool. No, they or push it back. They push it back Yeah, like I just read out either they push it back. It'll be like, no, like tomorrow or the next day. I took but. Maggie there early on when we first started dating. And when I was reading that it had been closed for four years, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never went to it. Me neither. Well, what it, what it is? It's like an old, from like the '30s or something yeah. like that, an old style cafeteria that existed downtown in a department could, store. Yeah, they and, could serve 500 people at a time. You know, like the whole thing. And it, I don't think it was particularly known for having the best food, but it was part it of the experience. It was just, it I, wasn't, but it wasn't bad food. It, it was like you know. Right. It was like a mini Disneyland super yes. kitsch inside of downtown Los Angeles. If you look it up and look at old photos of before and afters, the recent facade is like a very banal kind of chrome, but underneath there's bricks and arches and and old like hand painted sign work, and then mm-hmm. on the inside there's crazy trees and the whole like working fake angler set up it's cr- yeah so animatronics it's like and whatnot a working like, fountain or a working creek that runs through it or ran through the old one well but it was also it was a chain too it was like they had really? 11 of them at one point and it got to the point because that that eating style and you know it wasn't really enough to have the the flow and correct to bring people yeah. in to eat huh. and it was really cheap wasn't it wasn't, oh, it wasn't but it wasn't expensive, but it wasn't okay. cheap. Exactly. You know, eight, ten bucks to eat deal. lunch. Okay. So it's not, you know I mean, not I'm expensive, but also you know, it wasn't like thirty cents for a pastrami. No. Uh lastly I'm gonna go get some Szechuan Chinese food tonight. Oh, you're going to Chengdu Taste. I'm not going to Chengdu. I forgot where I'm going. It's huh. it's a different place. There's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of good ones with, with some friends. But my knowledge is not very strong in that game. What uh what are your like favorite dishes to order from a from a Sichuan Chinese place? You know what's amazing, especially with like what the Chengdu Taste has done, is there's just a lot of dishes that you you're really hard pressed to find or be familiar with. Right. Um, yeah. but, but the great thing about Sichuan cooking and the heat you get from Sichuan peppercorns is it's uh, not yeah. like that lingering oil you get from uh, a chili pepper or what you find in Mexican or, or Indian cooking when the spice is really heavy. Yeah. Um, it's a numbing. It's a That's numbing heat. It's not favorite. a really painfully lingering heat. That's the other mm-hmm. thing about Szechuan peppers is that the that, that numbing kind of subsides as well. And you'll still sweat and you'll be like, oh, my God, this is hot. But it won't be like when you eat that ghost pepper or you mm-hmm. get a jalapeno or not a jalapeno, like a habanero seed. And you're just like, I can't. And you're like, I have to go anything. home now. It never yeah, goes like, away. Like coach your mouth. My night is done. Um, but, you know, they're going to be doing lots of really great. Uh, probably fish in different kinds of Szechuan chili oils. Mm. Um, 
And there was something too. I forgot to say the article, but there's also like even a secret menu at Chengdu Taste too, where you can order stuff off the menu, which just blows my mind because it's not. It's not a light. Menu the regular option. menu is and, already a very and traditionally extreme. Szechuan restaurants. They ha- It's a big menu. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if they, uh, I would go with. I would go with some recommendations. I would go with. Tell I'm me asking, about I'm, this. I'm, what do you think? Okay. No, I mean like when you get there. Ask an actual Szechuan person and yeah. not you. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Szechuanese. <laughs> Szechuanese. Mm. Well, I'm, I'll let you guys know how it goes. How nummy I feel. I'm thinking about um, going to the Tambo Shanter after this. Oh, so fun. Same diff. Um, and also next week, I'm. I'll we'll we'll give a report. I'm. This is going to come out after I I did it, but I'll be DJing and 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 interviewing uh, the guy from Alma, uh, Ami. Oh, nice. Um, uh, we're going to be talking about some weird stuff, not unlike this. And I'll be DJing it, but it's an event for Taste Made, and there's like. So you're going to be DJing and then you're going to be doing a live interview yes, with like, him in mm-hmm. front of like, kind of yeah. in the audience? Nice. John and Vinny's guys yeah, are going to be John there. John and guys, Kitchen. Nancy Silverton. Saw that. Corey's going to hang out with Nancy. Lula Fieb, right? Did I see that on the flyer? No, Ludo? Um, I don't I know. See maybe. Peanut Butter Wolf. No, Ludo. Peanut Butter Wolf is going to be cooking nothing, actually. <laughs> He'll be also playing tracks. I'll give a full report. If this podcast comes out somehow um, tomorrow instead of Saturday, then I, then you should go <laughs> check it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll be there. We'll yeah, be we'll, yeah, a we'll give a full report. report. Right? Throw a tweet up. Um, well, thanks, guys. It's been Thank another you. great stew. You can uh, go to thestewpodcast.com for all the episodes. If you like the show, and if you are... You know, Shout-outs to our... Random housewife oh, yeah. mom listener. I'm um, pronouncing from, this right from Instagram. Like Lina Patrick, Lina Patrick, Lina Kirkpatrick, L Y N N A Kirkpatrick. She she let us know that she's just one of our average random housewife mom listeners who thinks mm-hmm. we're funny. So shout outs to you. Yeah, that little tweet to us made our day. Everybody yeah. here at this table. I think our mom even gave uh, gave dap as well. <laughs> dap to her via Instagram. It was very sweet. Threw out a couple emojis on on the comment section. Yeah. That's good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So thank, thank you. yeah, if you're one of those people, um, all we ask, tell a friend who might like this. Um, subscribe on iTunes, give us a nice rating and review, and then we'll keep on podding for you. You can yeah. follow me on social media at them jeans. Andre Conoparo has no social media, and Stewie is at Stewie Stewart. That's my that's my Twitter and Stu Stewart is my Instagram. Yes, not confusing at all. <laughs> I, they were taken. <laughs> See you guys next week. Bye. Bye bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.